Tonight I want to continue the exploration of bodhicitta, how to prepare the ground for discovering bodhicitta, the awakened heart, the essence of the Mahayana tradition. And uh, so I already covered a few points, uh, and I'm not going to repeat much of it. So the main uh, theme will tonight will be uh, the third, uh, so to develop the capacity to care. Um, so based on having done some healing work, based on feeling a bit more comfortable in your own skin, being able to being able to, or have worked a bit with what in Jungian thought is called the narcissistic wound, or that the many, uh, the many hurts and the many rejections we have experienced in our life, and which created this hole in us, and the sense of I'm not good enough, uh, which sometimes actually makes it almost impossible for us to have a genuine sympathy or a genuine space for another person because we're so occupied with our own stuff and there's still so much love needed and actually that like it's, we don't have so much to give because it's it's time for us to receive and, and to remother and refather ourselves. So let's assume we have all done that kind of work. And if not, we, we do it parallel. Yeah? So we continue to work on that as well. Self-compassion, self-acceptance, psychotherapy. Practicing traditional methods like Tonglen as a method of healing. Or the practice of Vajrasattva, which we are doing right now, as a method of healing, that black hole in us, which makes it so difficult to genuinely take on the job of saving others. So then the second uh, step, the equanimity, so that's where we start to develop a sense of even-mindedness, where we look through our projections. We, uh, because bodhicitta is an, is an openness to all living beings, including the animals, no matter what age, no matter what color, no matter what background, no matter what education. So in this step, we start to deconstruct our projections. For example, the projection, oh, she is just three years old, and I don't know little people. How can I help them? I don't know anything about them. Or she is 90 years old and she comes from China. What do I have to give for her? Uh, so that's uh, looking through this kind of projection, male, female, education background. And we can notice that we close our connectedness, our openness, based on, on this kind of projection we put onto people. So in the equanimity, we work with looking through these projections Traditionally, it's called looking through to the projection in, uh, we put onto these three categories, enemy, friend, and stranger. And so we have worked on that. So if you want to listen to the teachings and the guided meditations, it's on SoundCloud. So you can go back 
to the last two Wednesdays where I was here. And then uh, part of developing equanimity is uh, the discovery of what is called common humanity. It's discovering that it's, it's experiencing, discovering that even if you now take this group tonight, no, some of you I don't know, I don't know the name, I don't know the background, some of you, you don't know each other, but there is something where, where we can know each other, where we can meet each other, where we can recognize each other, because we are humans and we have feelings. For example, I all know that you long to be loved and to be respected and to be seen. I know that. How? And this is an important thing. It's a deep thing in you. It's not like we all have a nose. Yeah? So it's, it's, it's something deep. And I know it because I know it from myself. And there's many other things. We can, you know, we can look at each other and we can feel, oh, this is a human being with feelings, just like me. So that's uh, the common ground, common humanity, connecting with that. Starting to develop a kind of kinship to all people. And now we move into the third step, or the third discovery uh, on this uh, traditional development of bodhicitta, and that is, from based on that, we nurture, we discover that soft spot in our heart. That capacity we are all born with to take care of each other. May people take care of each other. May we take care of each other. <coughs> and that's something we all we all have. It might be hidden between the walls of fear and insecurity and the walls of the sense I, 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 people don't care about me. Yeah. Nobody cares about me. So it's in our nature. And in the Mayana tradition, it is a, the assumption is that it is actually something which longs to flower through us. Service. Taking care of each other. Actually, in the Mayana tradition, or the, the bodhicitta is this completely insane thought or this insane aspiration to take care of everyone. To take care of everyone, single-handedly. So just that you know what you sign up for <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the Tibetan tradition. So that's, uh, uh, that's where we are now in this, uh, uh, and I want to look at it from the 
really traditional point of view. So how in this at this point, in the traditional uh, way to cultivate or to discover bodhicitta, uh, we work in the tradition. But also what I want to bring into it is some reflection on how through our uh, through our background and, and through our psychic structure, we meet particular challenges when we are confronted with these traditional meditations. And I just, to kind of bring into the theme, uh, uh, and then we will sit quietly for a while, it starts with reflecting on the kindness of the mother. Mother. Your mother. So, maybe you can already feel how, okay, how can we make this wholesome for us? Yeah. Maybe some, some of you are like, oh, mother, ah, yeah. That's not very likely. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if this would be in Mexico, then if I would say mother, there would already the first tears would flow. Yeah. Uh, but that's not ha- that's not happening here. So we have to look at that how to how to work, and not to just throw this traditional meditation out of the window, but to actually really reflect on and and translate and work with these traditional meditations so that they become wholesome for us. Is there something actually in us, in these traditional reflections, which actually maybe could help to uh, see our our mother in a different light? So, let's um, take some time for sitting quietly and Um, doing a bit of the first step in this, and that is uh, befriending yourself, getting to know yourself, uh, checking in, and if you like, you can close your eyes. And then just you notice what happens when you pay a bit more attention to your inner life. you notice what you bring with you into this moment. And then with the in-breath, I invite you to slide with your awareness into your body, down into your feet and into your legs, into your belly. And then with the out-breath, you connect with a sense of letting go, giving space. And what you let go of is uh, 
as best as possible to the control freak, the meditator. So slowly you shift gear from the doing <coughs> to being here. And with the out-breath, maybe it's possible to release some of the tension in the belly, in the shoulders. sense of arriving. And of course thoughts continue to arise and that's fine, there's space for that as well. And if you feel some rigidity, trying to keep things together and see if you can open, like opening a fist. You give yourself the permission to do nothing. Turning when you get entangled with the stream of thinking and you drop back into the body, into your belly, maybe noticing the sensations in your hands and befriending your own energy. Then, if it makes sense for you, and it feels good, we call upon the presence of the Dalai Lama, the Karmapa, Buddha, Jesus, whoever embodies compassion for you, kindness. Allow yourself to feel their presence in your whole body, like you're sitting in the morning sun, bathing the whole body.
imagine and feel that radiant kindness, maybe in the form of light, also going into your dark places where you're afraid, where you feel alone, where there's pain. A loving gaze of the Kamapa, the Dalai Lama, the Buddha. returning, returning and resting, softening, Nothing is excluded, so you just bring yourself along into this gentle stillness. So I would uh, like to present the, this uh, step of uh, cultivating the capacity to care a bit in a traditional way. I usually don't do that because definitely I'm not starting to talk about reincarnation uh, usually and then about the kindness of the mother. Uh, but um, let's see. Uh, Let's see what the, this traditional presentation and what I say, how you feel about it, what it makes with you, how you respond to it. Yeah? So it's not so much about uh, do you believe in it or is that right or wrong, but so the interesting thing is also what is happening in you when you're hearing what I'm saying. So, 
traditionally, the first part of this reflection starts with recognizing all beings as your mother. That's the first reflection. So this is based on the how do how do I say it the the belief or this is uh, this is based on the myth of reincarnation. So in this uh, in this view, you can know you. The description is that all of us, we are like a stream of consciousness which manifests in this moment like it does here in this moment. So we are all stream of consciousnesses and this moment of consciousness is based on a moment of consciousness before. It's based on, a, like in a river, it's moment, and there's a moment of consciousness before and you, and you can always go one step further, one step further, and you will not find the first moment. Because um, for, uh, according to this reasoning, a moment of consciousness can only come from a moment of consciousness. So you will never find the first moment of this stream of consciousness. So in this stream of consciousness, shaped by what is called karma, manifests in different ways, in different lives. And in most of these lives, not in all of them, but in most of these lives, we had a mother. So a mother gave birth to us. And if we right now uh, not connect, we will do that later, not connect with your personal mother, but kind of the mother as an archetype. Yeah. So that would be mother who sacrificed her life for, for her offspring. And you can see that everywhere, with humans, with animals, mother and father. Yeah? So that's also worth a discussion, why they only talk about mother. Yeah? So mother and father. Yeah, it's mother who gave birth to you. So, but they focus on the kindness of the mother in this reflection. Let's stay. Uh, let, let's stay with that, and then we can add our reflection. Why the heck is that? What's with the fathers who work their ass off in a shitty job, just that their offspring gets a good education, <coughs> and they get cancer while they do this shitty work. So many men die in their job for their family. So mother, and I, uh, to, to kind of connect us with that willingness to sacrifice, I, I just remembered a little story Lama Sopa uh, tells sometimes. It is this little story about uh, uh, someone told it to him. Told, told it to him. Uh, there's a fire, a bushfire in Australia, and uh, and then the fire brigade moves in, and they and they fight. They they go over the land and they fight the fire, and then they come. And that, then one of these firemen comes across a bird which is sitting there on the ground, and it's dead. It's burned. 
like a quite big bird. And then he's thinking, wow, why, why is this bird, why didn't it fly off? And then it lifted this bird, and underneath were the chicks. And we can all recognize that, that that's mother. Your mother would probably, I mean, if she was not completely borderline psychotic, uh, then she probably would have done that. Because most of our mothers, I mean, there's always exception, and we need to talk about that, were kind of good enough mothers. So that's, uh, so, uh, recognizing all, all beings as mothers is, um, so, since we are uh, around this, you know, this stream of consciousness is manifesting since beginningless time and beginningless lives, in, in countless lives, so, that's the logic in this, uh, everyone, every, every being has been your mother at one point and has sacrificed her life for you. So, may I introduce you to one of your mothers? There he is, mother. So the person left to you, the person right to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you, they have been your mother. So now, of course, one needs to, uh, to you know, to make this, uh, I mean, one way to work with this is just to say, okay, let's take it as a, as a kind of view, and I, I just adopt that view, and I will see what happens when I think like that. It's, it's a possibility. Yeah? But then, of course, if you want to, you know, if you put your, all your cards onto bodhicitta, then probably uh, you would need to really deeply reflect on this notion of reincarnation and, and what, is, what is reincarnation and how could it work and what kind of evidence do I have to put everything onto that card? And then also understanding that, that the notion, uh, you know, most peop many people have of reincarnation is not the Buddhist notion. You know, this kind of notion, yeah, I was an Egyptian princess in my last life, and before I was born in, in Atlantis, yeah? That's all bullshit. That's like uh, ego inflation. And of course, then is the interesting question. Um, I mean, the the big thing with the Buddha is that there's no me, there's no mini me within this body mind complex. So what the heck is being reborn? Definitely, it's not this kind of idea that there's a little I jumping from the next life to the to the next, because that I you're never going to find. So it's quite complex. To, to deeply think about and, and reflect on uh, uh, reincarnation.
So, but maybe for now, let's see. Uh, let's kind of um, make a kind of leap of faith or like, okay, let's assume there's a stream of consciousness that manifests in different ways and uh, everyone, including the animals, including the ants, including the mosquitoes, uh, including the dogs and the cows, and all the people, including Trump, they, they, they have been your mother. So you go through the street, mother, 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 I'm sitting, there's mother sitting drunk, being a junkie. There's mother being successful and rich. So that's the first, the first reflection. The second is remembering their kindness. So now we come into uh, the no, into the relationship to your mother. So that's that's uh, the example being used is uh, your mother. So now at this point, usually I say, you know what? It can be also your grandfather, or it can be a friend, and we can also reflect on you know this meditation I do quite often, where where I. Uh, invite you to scan your life and look for all the kindness you have received in your life. And it's a powerful meditation yeah, to become aware that actually we have so mu- received so much care throughout our life from the first day. I mean, we were born, we didn't bring anything. We could be, we not even knew how to go to toilet. We, we didn't know how to speak. We didn't know how to walk. We didn't know how to put on clothes. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything, we were completely helpless, and we were completely dependent on the care of others. And everything we know, everything we have, we have received from others. I mean, I didn't have one single creative thought in my life. All I do is parroting what, I, what other people said. That's the level of teaching I am. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's some occasionally people who are, you know, they have a creative thought. So everything, everything I know, everything I, 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 I say also tonight, it's, not, it, it's something I, I, I learned from others. The clothes I wear, the food I eat, so, but now, tonight, since I want to do it the traditional way, I actually want to look at your mother. Yeah? And then to see what happens. So, obviously, for many of us, there is some work to be done. Because uh, when we think about the mother, our mother, then all kinds of feeling come up. Of course, depending on who your mother is and how far you are in your work with your mother. But 
for this, uh, you know, for cultivating the open heart, you can't avoid this work. You need to look at it. And it's painful for some of us. And it's not going to work to avoid it or to... I mean, that does not mean that you need to see your mother ever again or your father. You know, sometimes the best is just to take a respectful distance. But that, you know, that uh, the, the way you feel about her, uh, that's probably something you really need to, at one point, look at because it's influencing your capacity to be intimate and open to others. That's for sure. And in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, they don't have that kind of thinking. They don't have childhood psychology and you know, the, they don't recognize the importance of the, of the family structure and so on and so on. But we have, so fortunately, we can actually um, reflect on this and, 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 uh, and, and do some work there. So when we do, and actually after the, after the break, I will dare, and this has been like many years ago, I have done this meditation in public the last time. I want to uh, 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 guide you into this meditation, the kindness of your mother. Yeah? So what is important here for us is to understand that for us, actually, at this point, quite often when we start to do this meditation, actually the purpose for us to do this meditation is slightly different than in the tradition. So actually for us, the, the purpose of this meditation quite often would be to actually admit the pain and the anger and the disappointment and the hopes you have towards your mother. kind of not trying to put this meditation as a straitjacket and feel, oh, now I need to forgive my mother. No, maybe you first need to kick her ass. No, there is this kind of premature Buddhist, yeah, my mother was so kind and she did her best. No, maybe she didn't do her best. She could have done th therapy and, and work with her own shit and not pass it on on you. So, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a bit on behalf of those who don't dare to say this. <laughs> it's not that I think about my mother like that. Or I used to think about like that. So I've had, and, and I, I noticed this kind of premature between, uh, in the kind of Buddhist circles, this premature saying, yeah, but she was so kind and she did her best. And you actually you feel, no, this is completely wrong. This is just paratalk. This is not how you feel. And then, and then this meditation is fake. And fake meditation is, 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 not, is not doing good for you. So when in this traditional uh, uh, meditation, uh, what is important here for us is to give space to our feelings. Mm -hmm. And then you give space to these feelings, and you give space to these feelings. And then slowly, slowly, you know, slowly, slowly, because you, you hold these feelings, you take care of them. Maybe you can use some Tara practice to remother yourself, self-compassion practices. So slowly, slowly, 
you grow up, you grow, you outgrow, you outgrow the necessi- this, necess- this necessary step of feeling disappointed and angry. You outgrow it. Because what you start to see is, oh, mother, she's a human being, just like me. She was, it was too much for her. It's such a, I mean, it's such an impossible job to raise children. It's, it's a miracle that people do that. I think they do that because they don't know, they don't know what's going to, what's going to, <laughs> what's going to. I mean, it's such, such a challenge. It's, it's too much. And then to be alone with it, I mean, like, if you have a big family where there's aunts and grandfathers and grandmothers, then it's a bit distributed. But to, you know, to put the care of two people, two little people, into this, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. So at one point, you outgrow this need to, uh, you know, to... Uh, this resentment you might feel, or this, you know, that, you know, the hurt. And definitely, we all were wounded by our parents because they passed on their neurotic shit from the family line upon us. For me, being born in 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 Germany, I'm not so sure if how much Swedish people are affected by that. There is also the trauma of the two world wars. So my parents and my grandparents were completely affected and traumatized by these two, uh, these two, uh, these two impossible. So, but of course, as a child and then as a teenager and as a grown up, you don't, you, you don't, you, you can't outgrow or you can't step out of that and see. Well, they they are traumatized. They are so scared because. They um, they were you know they they experienced bombardment uh, bo- bombs falling down or something like that. But it's so important that uh, you have to go to the to to the way you really feel and not jump over that. And, and how do you know how you feel? You will know uh, after the break. Because, <laughs> because I will invite you to feel the presence of your mother and, and to notice how you feel when you, when you, are, when you look at your mother. And then you can see what, what comes up. So, 
Our mother is human and has her own problems and stresses. And yet on some level we place a huge demand and expectation upon her. And then a quote of, from Jung. This is the mother love, which is one of the most moving and unforgettable memories of our lives. So th that's what we, what, we, what we want to connect with. Yeah? This moving and unforgettable, unforgettable memories of our lives. the mysterious root of all growth and change. Oh, it's like Mother Earth, you know, being cared for, feeling safe, being seen, being nurtured, being held. The love that means homecoming, shelter, and the long silence from which everything begins and in which everything ends. So that's in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, it's called the Great Mother, that from which everything comes and within which everything ends. But a sensitive person cannot in all fan fairness load that enorm enormous burden of meaning, responsibility, duty, heaven and hell on the shoulders of one frail and fallible human beings so deserving of love, understanding and forgiveness. And, and that's what we do at one point. We put that burden on the shoulders of one frail and fallible human being, so deserving of love, understanding and forgiveness, who was our mother. And, uh, you know, I, I took this from a book by Rob Priest, and um, and he said, for him, he actually started to just he started to understand this when he had his own children. Then he started. Then he started to see. So I don't have children. So I'm actually uh, I, I live close to a mother. I think that's. That's one of the best things in, 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 in the relationship I have with Yedda, is that I'm so close to a mother. Because I can, you know, through the, through the resonance, through the empathy, I can, I can more deeply understand what it means to be a mother or a father. Thank <laughs> you.
So, uh, it could be that um, this traditional meditation, and, and after the break we can talk about it, this uh, traditional meditation on the kindness of mother could be actually more useful than I thought before. If, if, I w- if we would see it as a possibility for us to start to... And this is a long process. I mean, this is not like a few months or a few years. We are going to work with the relationship to our parents for the rest of our life. And it will return. Like, it circles. And then we come back. So, but it could be that maybe that this traditional meditation on the kindness of the mother is, um, it could be a, a, like a, a one way to um, to bring this topic or this work into our life, which I think we can't avoid. And then, uh, so with this, uh, so now, remembering the kindness of the mother, sacrificing her life for you, teaching you to speak, to feeding you, washing you, protecting you, worrying about you. She is, she is really someone who genuinely wants you to be happy. She would, she would cut off her, her hands for you to be happy. Nobody, no, probably that's maybe one reason why father is not in the game. Because father might not do that. I don't know. I don't know the fathers can answer that. <laughs> but but this, you know, this, this amazing this amazing thing that actually, in a way, every parent is a, is a bodhisattva because every parent, uh, t- uh, at least again and again, maybe not all the time, but that's like again and again, puts the needs of another person in more important than his or her own. Father has no problem to, you know, work his ass off and pay your education. Isn't that amazing? It's another person. Why would he do that? And he, he, he might want to do something completely different. He, he would like to be an artist or something, but he can't make money with it. So he works in, in a shit job. And people do that. Fathers do that and mothers do that. So that's, uh, that's um, remembering their kindness. And since, no, now, uh, based on the first reflection, that every person has done this. And you know, there is a very, you know, particularly in the first years, and also in the womb, it starts in the womb, there is such an intimacy between you and your mother. It's like... You can't stand to be separated from her for, for a minute. So it's so close. 
And then she comes back and the son goes, Mother. And that's that now we don't recognize each other. So now it's like, like we can be even inconsiderate to, towards each other. You know, before, uh, before this person would always give you the biggest piece of cake. And now it's... Uh, so then we come into the... the the third uh, reflection, and that's, that also has its challenging, because it says, repaying the kindness. That might put some pressure. <laughs> <laughs> repaying is not, a, uh, so what I, what I say here often is to respond. So I actually, in this uh, loving, in this meditation, where you reflect on the care uh, you have received in this life, I never say in the end, so, and now look at you, what are you doing? Yeah? So, this would be a bit like, so what did mother do for you? What did mother you do for you? So you reflect, no, let's say you reflect 15 minutes on what did my mother do for me? And you will find she gave you your life. That's for sure. But since most of us had a good, good enough mother, so if you, don't, if you didn't have a good mother, because there's a few really screwed up mothers, because they, they just couldn't, yeah, then, then it might be actually good to use a grandmother or like a care person. But let's, let's assume that almost everyone here had a good, good enough mother. So, if I would ask you, so what did mother do for you? Okay, this, she taught me, she taught me speaking. She, she took care of me when I was sick. She was feeding me. She actually carried me in her womb, in, in her womb. And it was uncomfortable for her. And she, uh, she, she, she delighted in my first words and in my first steps. And in, she delighted in my caca. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so, what did mother do for you? What did mother do for you? And then, what did you do for mother? So that can be a bit uncomfortable, and maybe, maybe there, there's like guilt or shame or and, and and so we have to be careful there coming from this guilt and shame culture and background it's not I mean guilt and shame have their good their good sides as well uh, but um, so I rather prefer to kind of keep it open in the end like to just um, trust that when we connect with the kindness of others or the kindness of the mother, that kind of naturally, without feeling, oh, I should, but kind of naturally, out of a kind of fullness, you know, 
I, out of a kind of gratitude, like naturally, without force, comes this then, okay, now it's time for me. Now, now it's time for me to respond to this. And some of, some of us, we have actually the opportunity at the end to respond to this with our mother, with our parents. So now we are in this view that everyone has been our mother. So how do we respond to this? Yeah. Uh, and uh, from uh, since we are here on the path to cultivate bodhicitta, in the tradition, what grows then is this overwhelming uh, yearning, this overwhelming longing to increase your capacity to be of service to everyone. To, to, de to develop, to, to kind of to wake up out of the confused, the confused, uh, the confused mind to wake up out of that and to to become a to become a peacemaker, to become a peacemaker in the world, to stop, to contribute to the violence in the world, uh, to be of benefit. So, and that's so. In this in this tradition. The best way to repay the kindness is not to feed or not to. Uh, that's also, of course, part of repaying kindness. But more importantly, is to actually help your mothers to overcome their confusion. to wake them up. And for that, you need to develop yourself. So out of love, out of, out of that natural care in your heart, which awakens through this reflection, you dedicate your life to enlightenment. for the benefit of your mothers. Now, of course, this makes only sense if we have an understanding of, uh, or a sense, or an understanding, a kind of experience, that that is actually possible. Is it? So you see, uh, that 
there's, um, yeah, so we can do this meditation, of course, on different levels. And it will be always useful to, to do this. But there's a lot of things connected with this. A lot of, uh, so further you explore the Tibetan Buddhist teachings and you practice more, more richer this practice actually becomes. Yeah. More genuine this practice becomes. More you understand the teachings on emptiness, on Buddha nature, 